Welcome to your show. Or mine. I'm Becky Standle, Youth Services Librarian at the Longview Public Library. And I'm Shira Lyle, the Executive Director of Hello Life. Welcome to the podcast, Shira. Thank you. I'm so excited. I'm really excited to have you on. We've been planning this for a couple of months. Yeah. We collaborated on a Body Positive Storytime on Facebook in January. And that was really fun. Mm-hmm. And so today we're going to be mostly talking, I think, about books for adults, mm-hmm. um, about body positivity and uh, diet culture and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we get into that, I was wondering if you could give us some background on yourself and the organization that you run. Yeah, I would love to do that. So um, just a little bit about me. I'm, uh, I moved here to Cowlitz County about seven years ago from Los Angeles. Actually was a reporter for the Daily News covering social services um, and had moved here in uh, like one, I was about one year in eating disorder recovery myself and had moved here and kind of thought, oh, I'll just find a new support system when I get to Longview and came here and realized that there wasn't anything for me and kind of you know my 22 year old mind was like I'm just going to start a nonprofit that's, that's going to help people um, honestly at the time not really realizing the immense need that we had in the community and slowly started you know I ordered um, nonprofit for dummies on Amazon and like started just building this agency and over the years really really just started to see this this drastic need um, and during that time I had transitioned to be an advocate at the emergency support shelter and absolutely love 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 that job and then slowly was able to transition um, about you know six years after starting Hello Life to where this is my, my full-time job now and so it's kind of how it came about I mean we started in one of our board members living room this amazing board of five women who just believe in the mission and our board continues to be the most I think the most incredible women that I know. Um, but we are totally grassroots started and honestly just started out of a need. And slowly, slowly, the more the word started getting out, I started realizing, like, oh, my gosh, like, it's not just me or maybe one other person. This is a community-wide gap in services that people have been looking for, are in need of, um, and now we're, we're finally here. So we've really kind of the direction of how Hello Life has grown has really just been listening to the community and hearing what they need, what they want, what they're looking for, and that has really paved the way of the services we provide. So that being said, you know, everything we do is peer-led, led and driven by people with lived experience, um, the people we serve, the folks on our board. And so we, what we do is we provide peer-led support for people who self-identify struggling with eating disorders or negative body image in Cowles County. And really what that means is that unlike some other nonprofits that might do eating disorder work, like we don't need someone to have a diagnosis. They don't have to go to a doctor. Like if they feel like, hey, I'm struggling with this, they're, they're struggling with that. So we provide peer-led support groups um, and peer mentorship. We also do um, youth prevention groups. Right now everything's on Zoom. Um, and we do, like, education and outreach to the community. And then we also have a special program 
which we call it the Equitable Pathway to Recovery Program, where um, we try to connect people who are interested in professional eating disorder recovery support um, and then also provide financial assistance for those folks that access that who can't can't afford out-of-pocket costs or insurance won't cover it, which so many times they don't. So we try to provide them that, that equity um, to the health care that they so deserve. All of your services that you provide are free, correct? Absolutely, yes. Everything we provide is free, yep. That's wonderful. Do you find that um, people are more likely to come to you to start with because they don't need the diagnosis? And yeah, and I think there's a lot. We a lot of the folks that have come to us have said, um, you know, that there's something really comforting about knowing that the people that that they're working with, talking to on the other side of the phone, are folks with lived experience. So it's people that, whether it's myself or one of our other um, volunteer peer mentors, even the folks, a lot of the folks on our board, like they, they, there's a lot of comfort in knowing, hey, I'm going to be talking to someone who has been in my shoes, who simply understands. Um, You know, and sometimes people have tried their out of professional treatment and they just need that extra peer support. Sometimes the other one wasn't a good fit, you know, depending on kind of what they're looking for. But, it's a, yeah, it's a great place to start just for the comfort of knowing, you know, as a, and especially on the peer level, like we would never push anyone to do anything they're not comfortable with, right? Like it's our job to meet people where they're at. So they know when they call us, we are meeting them where they're at, no questions, no judgments asked, and that they're, they're connecting with someone who's been exactly where they are. And that, that it can be like life-changing for somebody, you know, who, who sometimes up until they found us haven't ever had anyone to share their experience with who can understand on on a lived experience level. Yeah, and I think we get into that when we talk about the books, but I also think that it is something like a lot of people uh, have issues with, and it surrounds us like every day, and yet we don't necessarily realize it or talk about it that much. Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, like we're, like I feel like we're like drowning in diet culture all the time, right? Uh-huh. Like, and, and sometimes don't even realize it. I mean, I've had parents that have called us, especially during COVID, right, saying, oh my gosh, like I didn't even realize even sometimes the terminology or the language or the verbiage I've been saying and not intending to um, cause any harm or damage at all. It's, it's, and it's no one's fault that this is the culture that we're immersed in and, and it's really difficult to be someone to say, wow, look, I'm going to push back against this culture and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try a different perspective and have, you know, a different view um, and educating ourselves on how to do that in a safe way, especially, you know, within our home, within our community, you know, as a whole kind of, you know, it's like revolution, but like like revolutionary thought in of its own, right? Um, and so that's so much of the work we do, too, is even working with community members and family and parents and, you know, how can you make your home safe? How can, you know, we, we encourage the, our youth and adults and anyone honestly around us who are immersed in this culture all the time, right? So, and these books are a huge part of that, to to understand and know that it doesn't have to be this way, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Such a huge problem. And you were telling me uh, when we talked before that all of your peer mentors have gone through, like, a training program. and Yeah, so anyone who mentors with us, and my, so I'm, like, I am our main mentor because I'm, like, kind of wear all the hats right now, right, because we're so grassroots started. Um, but anyone who is going to mentor with us or will in the future, we choose the training specifically. It's called Eating Disorder Intuitive Therapy Peer Support Training. And it's a really just accredited peer support method. And the training is based in intuitive eating and health at every size, which is the training and the model in that we practice. So the health at every size movement is a whole different kind of topic for a different day. But these books touch on that. But that's where our training is rooted in. And we chose to do that specific training because it just aligns with the values and, and the ethics of our agency and kind of the path that that we follow. That's wonderful. 
So how could people get in contact with you if they wanted to get support from Hello Life? Yeah, the best way to reach us is through email. Um, so you could shoot us an email at hellolifeservices at yahoo.com, or they could check out our website, which is helloliferecovery.org. Or if they're not an email person, they can also just text me or call me, either one, and our number is 971-770-0680. So it's whatever works for them, text, email, phone call, whatever. I'm probably <laughs> missing something. We have an Instagram, which is Hello Life Recovery. We also have a Facebook page so they can even like dm us on instagram you can dm us on facebook whatever method works for you we will respond to you wonderful that's great have you found that the work you're doing has gotten busier or changed at all because of the pandemic so much busier so much busier about what's like a 35 percent increase from from pre-pandemic and folks reaching out and specifically in youth huge 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 uh necessity with youth so so much so we actually so so thankful for united way who allowed us to have a grant so we can actually bring on an msw intern uh, starting this month who is specifically going to be working with youth just to do this work and so huge 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 uptake in numbers and in every population but with our youth specifically we've seen a really big need for our services um to support them to support parents um as well with adults you know so many different triggers uh with the pandemic um surrounding food eating disorders disordered eating you know and I want to say not a silver lining, but the silver lining has been because of telehealth, because people are home, because they maybe have um, more flexibility, we've been able to connect with people in our community more than ever before because now we can do a Zoom call with them maybe at home or Zoom with them at, on, the, on the lunch break, whereas before if they were in the office from 9 to 5, you know, that wasn't necessarily an option all the time. So, um is not that there's any silver lining of the pandemic at all, but if anything, we're grateful that we've had the ability to connect with the folks in our community in a way that's safe and a way that's accessible to them and equitable, which is important for us. Do you think that awareness of like that culture is getting better? I think that it's I think that there's a long way to go. I feel like sure. it's getting better from what it was. However, I feel like it depends on how it's presented. You know, mm-hmm. so I think that there's some news outlets that do a really, really good job of presenting it in a really factual way. And then I think there's sometimes it's been presented, um, especially in the pandemic. Unfortunately, I've seen it on social media and Facebook. And, and we've seen, you know, big diet culture industries, and I won't name names, but, you know, big companies trying to incorporate diet plans and say it's wellness and it's balance. Um, and that's frustrating because that's kind of like take advantage. Yeah, it's kind of like a trap, you know, like they're kind of trying to come across as like, we're not diet culture, we're not promoting that, but then you click on the button and they are. So mm-hmm. I think I think it's come a long way, but also a little bit scary because I feel like the diet culture industry is catching on to that <laughs> and they're getting really good at being a little bit imposterous with that. So I, I yeah. think it's come a long way. And there's been some fantastic advocates who have really, really fiercely advocated for the whole anti-diet kind of culture movement and health at every size. But, I mean, we have so, so much uh, more work to do, I think, and so much more work needs to be done. Yeah. I was thinking, like, of myself, um, the social media I use the most is Instagram, but it's very curated. And so sometimes I think, like, oh, it's getting better. And it's like, no, I'm just... I'm just better educated. Well, and it's 
But that's important, too, that I think people even can know now, like, even for you to know, like, oh, I can't curate my feeds for it to fit me and for it to have healthy messages that want to fit me. And I even think that's something, like, a year, two, three years ago, people didn't even realize that they could do that, that they had the right to say, oh, I'm not going to expose myself to this. Oh, I can hide this? This isn't good for me? Like, I don't want to see that. You know, and even for people to feel empowered that they have the right to do that. Like, they have the right to say, like, this is part of my self-care is not seeing this and this and this. Or to see more of this and this and this. And knowing that there's nothing wrong with that. They shouldn't. There's nothing to feel guilty about that. But that they literally have the right to curate what they're seeing in their everyday life. You know, and that's such an important piece of that. And there has been some good work um, by activists I think too I know like now it's against Instagram's policy to advertise weight loss products to uh, youth so there's steps that are being made yeah it's I think it's, they have done a really good job and things have come a long long way and I'm excited for hopefully what it looks like in the next year two years mm-hmm. three years more down the line You know, I just think, and again, you know, it's something that it's not going to resonate with everybody. And it's not, and I always say, that's okay. (laughs) Like this, you know, it doesn't, for a movement to be positive and empowering and beneficial doesn't mean it has to be everybody's cup of tea, right? Like, but it, it does need to connect with the folks who need to be seeing those messages in our community and how important that is um, and to keep doing that work even when it's uncomfortable even when it's hard we've had people say things to us about that as well really uncomfortable conversations really hard conversations with parents with families with friends and I think that for us even as an agency myself as a person you know living in this guy culture like, I've had to understand for me, just on my own personal life, I've had to get really comfortable with being uncomfortable mm-hmm. and having these really hard conversations. And I don't think that piece of it's going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we are seeing more books being published, I think. So many. Mm-hmm. I was literally thinking the other day, my book stack is so high that I don't know. I'm like, oh, my gosh, when am I going to get to all these? That, that is such a huge plus. So many books and different which I think is amazing, and you, I know you've seen it too, probably. different body sizes, different genders, different ethnicities, different cultures. Like, we're seeing all different forms of, like, expression and publications, and that's taking all different experiences, which is also something that that culture hadn't really seen before, mm-hmm. um, you know, which is super cool. And so I think, yeah, that that's a huge, I think a huge, really, really, really exciting thing that is happening. And I think I think it's going to continue, hopefully. I think, but I have like a list of books. I was like, wow, like how am I going to get to them? Which is such a good problem to have. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yes, I agree. That's always kind of the problem for me. So I pulled a couple of books, and I'm also in the middle of a few, uh, too, that I wanted to talk about, and you have some also. So maybe we could just go back and forth? Yeah, whatever you want. So actually, I'll start because this is a, a kid's book. I think, and I mentioned this to you before, it's called Love Your Body. It's by Jessica Sanders, mm-hmm. and it's from Australia. Um, but it's a really nice, straightforward book about bodies for kind of elementary age kids, illustrated by Carol Rossetti, that I really liked. Awesome. Oh, I love it. I have to check that one out because I feel yeah. like that's more so needed as youth. Mm-hmm. Youth body positive books. Yeah, and it can. It's nice because it's. It could work as kind of just like a read aloud for kids, but it also has tips for how to feel like if you're feeling like mean towards your body, 
different things you can do to kind of counteract those feelings and yeah and that message that you said that it's like not your fault that you feel this way right yeah and even and even on like the parents level um that it's not even you know when I have, we have parents that said oh my gosh like did I say the wrong thing that you know we try to encourage them like to be gentle and kind with themselves because again like doing this work is hard and it can be uncomfortable we're unlearning everything we've ever known um so it's you know, not their fault they feel the way not parents fault that they don't even know that they don't know the right thing to say right like I think that's so important to remind people as as if they're interested in looking at these books and reading them then when we you know as these books continue to educate us and empower us and inform us to be like so gentle and kind with ourselves as we learn along with the books too and then another youth one i have this is what we got at the library very recently it's called the self-love revolution and it's by virgie tover and she's written some books for adults too she wrote you have the right to remain fat i think that was not yes that that came out I have heard, I haven't read it, but I've heard of that book, and I've heard really, really, really great things about it, and her as an author as well. Yeah, so this is like a really, I read this just last night, and I just could sit and read the whole thing. It's a really good introduction of body positivity as far as size, but also like race and gender, too. I thought this was really good for teenagers. Awesome, and that's at the library. It is. Yay! I love that. So what's one of the books that you wanted to talk about? I I mean, I have so many, but (laughs) um, one of my favorites, and I have it sitting right here, but I also, I mean, I have a whole bunch of them, but is Body Respect by Linda Bacon. Well, it's by two people, but Linda Bacon's the main one. But the reason I like Body Respect is it's not, it's not like a fun read, but it really, she does a really phenomenal job about teaching about health at every size and what it, what it means you know, in terms of like we say the words like like anti diet, right, or going against diet culture, kind of what that means. And I love it because kind of in her tagline it says, "What conventional health books get wrong, leave out, and just plain fail to understand about weight." And she does a really good job about explaining why health at every size is so important and how weight, you know, is not the only determinant of that and how it's so important and the reason why I like it and I always say it's a good intro book is because you know all different folks have different opinions and things like like this on on this topic but she uses research I mean it's plain old research science to exactly back what she's saying so it's a great I think great intro book because there's really no um wondering like oh where is this person saying this like it's researchly, statistically, scientifically proven. So I always think it's a great book just to kind of get people introduced to the idea. And she does it in a way that's super, super easy, friend, like kind of reader-friendly to understand. I'm not like a sciencey person, research person, and I have had a super easy time reading her book. And so I always just say it's a really good intro into Health at Every Size. Um, there's a few more that I love. I don't, I mean, if uh, it's not necessarily about into diet, but well, it is. But it's also The Intuitive Eating Book by Evelyn Trimble and um, we're actually doing a peer-led group about that book right now, and I absolutely I've read it probably ten times, and every time I do it, I feel like I learned something new. And the reason I love that book so much, it is the so it is like the OG, right, like original anti-diet book that was ever out there, right? Like they published it like 18, 19 years ago, and have since had four or five, I think almost six revisions now, just because they keep adding more research yeah. to back mm-hmm. what they're saying. And it's and it really is it's more suited for adults. Um, however, they actually now have an intuitive eating workbook for teens that is on the same exact concept of the one for adults but made for teens, which I think is really cool. And it really kind of guides you 
it's really intuitive eating process. What is intuitive eating? Kind of find out what kind of eaters we are. And they do it in a way that's so, as we were talking about in our group last week, it just resonates with anyone who's ever been in that kind of diet world, right? And they and they do it in a way that they don't shame you. They don't, they understand why we're struggling with, with the things they're struggling with. And so I, I love that one so much as well. And then I don't know if there's so much more, but then there's like a whole list. I have like body liberation books, which are totally different, mm-hmm. right? And we have like a big common one. I'm sure that you've heard of this one. It's super, super popular, but it's the body is not an apology. Yeah, that's on my list too. Is yeah. it? Okay, so yeah. hear what you think about it. I love that book. I feel like maybe that was one of the first kind of body liberation books that I read where I was like, oh, this is making really like sense to me and this is like going to change my perspective. And I thought when I read it, this would be such a great book for teens. Yeah. Like a really good, just really good outline of the whole thing. And then Sonia Renee Taylor is also like on Instagram and she's like really active, like constantly educating and stuff, which is cool too. She's unbelievable. And she's recently done stuff with like Brene Brown Mm -hmm. and like, I've loved like listened to all their podcasts as well. I feel like I'm always learning from her constantly. And also how she kind of, that intersectionality of body liberation, health at every size, race, gender. I mean, she really does a phenomenal job of tying in all the different layers. Yeah, ability. Uh, yeah, abilities. Ability. Yeah, body abilities. I mean, she does it just also such a phenomenal book, I think, for someone to start with. One of the books I'm in the middle of right now is called Radical Belonging, and that's by Lindo Bacon. So they actually came out last year, the year before, as genderqueer. I mean, there's no publishing under that name change, so from Linda to Linda. But that book really reminds me a lot of The Body is Not an Apology and that it takes that broader view. And the book covers a lot about trauma mm-hmm. and that the effects that has on our body and a lot about how diet culture blames individuals for their problems, like ill health and stuff that are often just they're caused by different traumas. Yes, absolutely. And it was, oh my gosh, I know I wrote it down. There was a book that I have on my reading list that touches exactly about trauma and how it intersects with diet culture and eating disorders. And of course, now I can't find where I wrote it, but I'll have to find it. But um, same exact kind of idea and how they so, I mean, so intersected together. And actually in, in the intuitive eating book, in one of the chapters I read last week, the author had said, it's kind of like, it was really interesting. She kind of made this analogy of diet culture to like a lemon car, you know, like a bad car. Like if you had a car and it kept dying on you and the road and the gas wouldn't hold and like the oil was never good, like you would return the car. It just, I mean, the car didn't work. You would return the car and get a new car. You wouldn't be mad at yourself as the driver because that's not your fault that the mm-hmm. car keeps breaking. And she made the analogy to diet culture that you, you know, people continue to try these different diets and things and they keep not working and for some reason instead of sending the you know how we send the car back instead of sending diet culture back we're upset we have been trained to blame ourselves when it's kind of like like you wouldn't blame the driver of the car but we're blaming ourselves and 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 really it's just more of an in like see we kind of it was such a good analogy like we would send a car back but why wouldn't we send diet culture back essentially right just made me think of what you said that yes that is a is she says it better than i did Great analogy. Yeah, and I also had listened to, actually a few of these I've listened to as audiobooks, but I listened to The Body is Not an Apology as an audiobook, and it's really well, it's read by Sonia, really well done. Mm-hmm. And really feels like to kind of like a conversation with a friend, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's what, so I'm more of like a visual, I have to hold the book in my hand. 
type person, but so many of the people that um, we connect with and work with every day are audio learners, and they have said that for so many of these books and the books we've, we've talked about or that they're reading, they said the same thing. Like, you, sh- you have to try it. It really feels like they're just talking with someone, and, yeah, very conversational, and so I'm thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a lot of these authors also do podcasts. Like, I was thinking, mm-hmm. like, Christy Harrison's book, Anti-Diet, was on my list. Really like that book, and she her podcast is called... Food psych. But yeah, that book is also really good. Everything that everything that she she does, I think. I mean everything I, but I'm a huge fan of her personally. And also follow big follow Instagram follower of hers as well. I and mean, I feel like always constantly like educating and you know, and there's I mean, I feel like there is I made a list we actually shared a list on our Facebook page just oh. about a week ago. Um, I can't remember the name of the website, but it was a website that published it was like probably thirty or forty books all about body liberation. Um, I'm gonna pull it up for you right now just to let everyone know. But it's on our Facebook page and we shared it about a week ago because it had so many phenomenal books. Um, I'll put it in our show notes. Oh, it was on Book Riot, and it says the, the 30 best body positive books that people can read. It's, on, it's actually on our Facebook page, and I personally have read a lot of them, and then a lot of them were new to me, but I was like, oh, my gosh, I haven't heard that. And I love that they had youth, adult, body liberation, health at every size. They had a ton of different books, too, and touching on the intersectionality of race, different genders, trauma. I mean, they had something for everybody, and any kind of topic you were interested in, they had something there, and they had a really, really phenomenal job with the way they kind of broke it apart and gave the descriptions and where to buy it or how to access it, so if anyone's interested in that. That's great. A ton on there, yeah. Yeah, I'll put a link to that in the in the podcast and show notes. Wonderful. Have you, have you read anti-diet by christy harrison yet i i want to say i have read i've read it in bits and pieces if that mm-hmm. makes sense yeah, so okay. i want to i feel like i have but i have different pieces but <laughs> i've read it in bits and pieces and i have also heard it in bits and pieces but i have yet to read it like all the way through but i have read it in kind of yeah bits and pieces that we kind of did different like excerpts of it in some of our groups and things like that but she she's amazing and then another book that i have that i really like and recommend a lot is called i'll say the effort diet Yes. Caroline Buner. And this is really straightforward, like super casual language, really good information. But she's, she does talk about like, if you want to give a, like an anti-diet book to somebody who doesn't want the F word on the front of it, she would recommend uh, Christy Harrison's book. Um, but I really, really liked this one and recommend mm-hmm. it to a lot of people. Um, yeah. And she's also a great person to follow on Instagram or social yeah. media if you have. She does such phenomenal. I mean, like, I'm a, I follow all these, but I love, love, I mean, I love everyone, but she, I feel like she's always, and I love that she's so straightforward, right? And like straight to the point. And she was actually used in a documentary by the Body, Body Love Society called, um, Behind the Before and After Photos. Um, I don't know if it's, it's on YouTube. It's about 30 minutes long. Um, and it's called, yeah, it's called Behind the Before and After. And she's a huge, piece of that documentary um, and just hearing her insight. I mean, it's not far off from her book, but if someone who's not familiar with her book and they kind of want to get a feel for her, they can, they've interviewed her extensively in that documentary and she does, I think, a phenomenal job of kind of explaining, you know, her background and where she's coming from. But yeah, she's phenomenal. And I don't know, have you read, I mean, I know so it's a Hulu series now, but Shrill by Lindy West. Okay, that was one of my, like, and I just and, and I love too that if someone is interested and they're not a reader that they can watch the series on Hulu and still kind of get the same empowerment piece of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I have yeah, Lindy West's 
she's actually written a couple of books really recently. Like she wrote a, a movie one, but um, the witches are coming, which is her last es- essays book, I think, but I haven't read it yet. It's just sitting here. <laughs> That's just like what you said. Just the books piling up. There's so much. I have this whole list of stuff that I haven't like literally like whole list of books sitting on my bookshelf over there. That I'm like, I just don't have like where I'm trying to find the time to read them all together because I have even in my own list, I have a whole bunch that I want to read, and it's just, yeah, trying to find, trying to find the time. And we, and Hello Life, actually, we actually have a book club as well that we do recovery-based eating disorder empowerment, body liberation books. And so that, a lot of it is, I think, okay, like, we can do some in our book club. <laughs> we'll do, you know, a chart, yeah, just a, a good, it's a good problem to have, I think, is to have these. I mean, I have, it's on my read list, and I have it ordered, but Diet Land by Sarah Walker is on I my not read that read list. Yeah, I haven't read it either, but it's on my read list as well. Um, same, there's Land Whale that I have on my read list that I haven't been able to read yet. I mean, there's so, there's there's so many. And then I have a bunch of, like, on the more youth side. But one of my favorite ones, um, I don't know if any parents are listening, but specifically for youth at home, and I have read this one back and forward, sideways, like up and down. I have notes in all of mine. And it's actually the author of the book is this founder of this nonprofit called The Body Positive, and that's actually the curriculum that we are trained facilitators for to do youth prevention groups. So she kind of took her youth prevention model and kind of put it into a book not for parents particularly, but just for anyone to kind of be able to read and understand. And that's called Embody by Connie Sobzak, and it's S-O-B-C-Z-A-K. And it's, for me, it's interesting because I have the facilitator of the body positive. It's the exact same core competencies that we teach to youth, but it focuses on, they say, the five core competencies, which is reclaiming health, which which we do with youth, but also with adults about taking back your health from diet culture, taking back your health from family society, practicing intuitive self-care, practicing intuitive self-love and building community and then practicing and uh, they call it like intuitive exercise but joyful movement right and like getting in tune with our bodies and kind of she focuses on those core competencies and how we can uh, incorporate them into our daily lives and I think um, anyone if you feel teenager youth it's just another great great intro book just to kind of just even even just to understand those core competencies you know because they're so new for so many of us, um, and to understand how we can incorporate them into our, into our lives. Yeah. So that's, and, and I feel like, like oh, so many parts of your life that you have to like divorce from diet culture. So it's not just like eating, it's also like rest and exercise. And yes, rest and yeah, movement. Um, and she even, and they do a phenomenal job in Embody on talking about body diversity and honoring like our, our cultures, our heritage, like where did our bodies come from and who gave that to us, um, our genes, our genetics, doing a phenomenal job of honoring that piece of our stories. They, they also do a phenomenal job of really exploring different gender pronouns and really encouraging, especially young folks, like to try, if something that they're interested in, trying those on right and like what that could look like and how that's so important to their body story and and their own exploration of what beauty is for them and they just do a phenomenal phenomenal job and they also do a phenomenal job in a really gentle loving way of even exploring for each of us like what beauty is and what our beauty truths are and where they came from you know did it come from family did it come growing up you know in a certain culture household environment etc community what it may be and not in a blameful way at all but helping us understand where those truths came from and now as we have the ability to create our own truths what do those look like now and do we have the opportunity 
do we want to change them? Um, and so it just and, and she, I mean, they outline it for you so perfectly and embody um, as such. Like, yeah, I would so highly recommend it um, to anyone. Kind of yeah. another really great intro book. Yeah. Yeah, Virgie Tover does that a little in the Self Love Revolution. That's the book for teens. It's at the end of every chapter, she has like journaling prompts. And that yeah. was one of the things to think, like, what do I think is beautiful and why? Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. And, to, and I always, you know, especially when we work with our youth, especially right now, encouraging them and to remind them that they have the power if they choose to, if they want to, to redefine that for themselves. And that that definition is allowed to change and shift. And it might be something one week and something the other week, but that they have the right to decide that for themselves. Right. And I think that's something really empowering for a lot of young people and for adults alike to even realize uh, that we have the ability to do that. We have the power to do that and that it's hard work to do. It doesn't happen overnight. Right. But I love that all these authors touch on that and say, hey, like, we don't have to live in this if we don't want to in this. Mm -hmm. And I think um, thinking about where those ideas come from really can help you break away from them. The other book that I'm in the middle of is called Fearing the Black Body by Sabrina Strings. And it's like a lot of these ones that we were talking about are more like self-help. And this one is more academic. Um, She talks about the racial origins of the thin ideal. And so she really gets into the history of what, you you know, different cultures and different historical times when different things were considered beautiful. And when the thin ideal came, um, was aligned with like the transatlantic slave trade and the dehumanization of black people. Yeah. Um, so it's really interesting to see those and, and think of that as like a motivation for kind of dismantling those own thoughts in your mind. Yeah, absolutely. And um, not only within our mind, but I think within our community, right? Mm-hmm. Within our community out here and outside of our community Yeah. and what we can do, right. To even to, to help dismantle that um, and mm-hmm. to be a voice for that as well. Mm-hmm. So much good education happening. I know. I feel like well, and I feel like it's one of those topics that you could talk about forever <laughs> because there's so much, uh-huh. you know, that at least me, I, I, I can talk about it forever. So. so how many years have you been working in eating disorder recovery? So about eight. Okay. And yeah. you feel like you're still learning new things? Oh, my gosh, all the time. I feel like I'm always learning, always educating myself, always and humbly even recognizing even in this work, right, like my own truths, my own biases, my own work that I had to do with myself. Um, and the more I feel like I continue to grow personally, professionally, um, there's always more work to be done. And, and these authors, ones that we're talking about today, more have educated me in doing that work. The people that we serve in our peer-led support groups, that they edu- I feel like we learn, I learn as much from them as they learn from me, right? Because we're all learning. And in our case, we learn from each other's lived experience, which is so powerful in its own way. And I so so much learning left to do right always for me I always feel like there's learning left to do um, and knowledge and and people to learn from and for me so important to read not only read different books from different authors with different lived experiences and different backgrounds um, and and equally as important when we work with the folks that we're serving for me I listen I learn so much from their lived experience because it's going to be so different from mine that helps me continue to grow and learn and I always feel like I leave a group being like oh I learned so much. There's just so much left to learn and do and grow. Yeah. And advocate. Yeah. What do you think, like speaking of advocacy, are things that uh, we could be doing in the community as like regular people, you know, who aren't specifically involved in like a program like yours to like make our communities better 
Yeah, such a good question. So I think there's a lot that we could do as just kind of community members, but I always say a good place to start is if you can learn, if you want to, how to educate yourself on how to be a safe person for all bodies, right, all different abilities, all different sizes, all different genders on how someone might identify, right, all different lived experiences, and to educate yourself on how you can be that safe person, right, and I feel like that needs to come with or can, should come with a little bit of education behind it, whether it's reading a book or doing a webinar, but you know, I think a lot of the work that we can do in our community, and, and it can be, I know it doesn't have to be something big or some, you know, big book, but even in communicating with someone, right? Example, commenting on someone's body, for example. Oh, you look so great. You Have you lost weight? But without knowing it, we have now have let this person know that, oh, we're putting a value on you based on your body if you lost weight. And I always encourage people, even the smallest change someone can do to be a safe person is when you talk to someone and engage with someone or you want to compliment them, compliment them on something non-body related, right? Let's take away the value and the uh, that we're putting on someone's body if their body has become smaller. That is just one small way to become a safer person, right? And, and then we give examples. So happy to see you. I've missed you so much. Like, how is work going, right? Anything that can kind of start breaking that culture. And the other thing that I tell people that they can do to be safe is to ask, right? I feel like sometimes that people say, well, I don't know what to say. I don't know if I said something wrong. What's the right thing to say? And I always encourage them, ask, mm-hmm. hey, what what do you need from me to be a safe person? Or ask, how can I support you during this journey? Or ask, what can I do so you feel safe coming to me? Or ask, what can I do to encourage you to feel comfortable and empowered in, in your body? Right? Like asking people what they need is a huge step in that, I think, in that direction. Um, for folks, I said, just regular folks, I like not involved in this mm agency or anything like that and lastly um speaking up right like speaking up like so if we hear someone i mean this actually happened locally at a grocery store about almost a month ago and someone was purchasing stuff in front of me and one of the the people that the cash register commented on the food this person was buying and i just like couldn't understand why Anyone thought they had a right to say anything, and so I said, and I, and so I, and I remember it being like my heart was pounding and racing. Right. I yeah. remember saying like, "Hey, you know," I, I remember seeing like, "I don't really think that's appropriate to comment on what someone's buying." Like, why would you comment on what someone's buying? And if that person was in a different body, you probably wouldn't have made that comment, right? And they didn't know what to say. And I didn't do it in a mean way at all, but just advocating, speaking up, educating. If you we hear something that doesn't feel right within ourselves, if it's a comment that we wouldn't want said to our child, to our spouse, to our loved one, to our best friend, it's probably something that maybe we should, con- we, I would encourage you to consider taking a stand. Um, and, and using your voice. Yeah. Yeah, those kinds of interventions or disruptions are can be really scary. Like you were talking right when you started about having these difficult conversations. But it is really important. Um, it's very important. And because I realized even the cashier who had said that, I, I, I truly believe that in their mind they were just speaking, right? They were mm-hmm. just making a comment. They thought they were making conversation. I, I truly don't know if they necessarily even thought, of the harm that was being said. And that's why I say to approach people with gentleness, with kindness, with, with forgiveness, with, with lee, with leeway, right? With grace. Because we don't know where they're coming from. But how, but how else would they learn, right? If we don't even, if we don't use our voice and say like, hey, and the person actually later waited and said, oh my gosh, thank you so much for saying that. Like, I didn't know how to respond, you know? And so, and I'm not saying like, 
you know, to go be mean or anything, but to, to, right. to, to kindly use our voice to, to educate and empower. And even if you don't know what to say, if it's something that you wouldn't want said to your child or your best friend, and I, I, I would say to ourselves that I feel like we're a lot more lenient with things we would a lot of people say to ourselves than with someone else we love and care about. So that's why I use that example. Then I would encourage you to. To think about and and yeah to get to get comfortable with being uncomfortable right and having some really hard conversations because how else does change get made right yeah that's really great yeah it's hard I don't want to take that away from anybody it's such hard work <laughs> it's such uh-huh. hard work it's not easy work right I always say if it was easy everybody would do it right mm-hmm. so don't want to take that away from anybody at all and at minimum say if someone is interested is reach out to us like we would i would be so happy to even just talk on the phone to someone and say hey you know here's some suggestions or, or any of the books that you mentioned like what a great way to learn to become a safer person just by educating ourselves because you know not knowledge is power right what a fantastic way to start another person that and i actually i have her book but i haven't started it yet is your fat friend shoots on Instagram and had been anonymous writer for a long time. And then, um, book came out in the fall or early winter. And so now we know her name and it's Aubrey Gordon, but often we'll post on Instagram, the stories where it asks people like, what, what are the things that like straight size people do that help you the most mm-hmm. or things that a friend has done to show their allyship to you that has been the most meaningful. And those kinds of stories are really powerful. They are. They're so powerful. And I think, again, like we're learning from people's lived experience. Like, they're, who better than to learn than from the, the folks that this culture, diet culture, have impacted the most, right? Who else Who else better to learn from and to have and to have a safe space for folks to share their experience, to share their story without shame, without judgment? How powerful is that, right? That's wonderful. I'm going to look up the name of her book really quick. The handle is Your Fat Friend, but it's it's like YR. And uh, her name is Aubrey Gordon. And the okay. new book is called What We Don't Talk About When We Talk About Fat. Uh-huh. And she really works in, like, I would say, like, fat activism. Uh-huh. Um, so, like, ways in which our society uh, discriminates against fat people, even in, like, you know, like, the way that places are designed and... Oh, absolutely. We do not. It, I feel like the way that our society as a whole not only discriminates but shames folks in larger bodies, fat people, and, and also not just that, but also folks in different bodies of different abilities. Yes, um, and that's another thing. Um, and uh, places such like a, like moral values on health, which is yeah really bad for people who suffer like chronic illness or disability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, society and right in our healthcare systems, and it's not like saying anything negative against anyone in the healthcare system, the way the healthcare system is designed, right, with BMI and a whole other topic for another day, and, like, insurance premiums and what people do with that and how that, like, uh, like not helpful mm-hmm. for anybody and, in fact, harmful. You don't need a whole other podcast, Becky, for me mm-hmm. talking about that. <laughs> I'm just containing myself now. <laughs> I was wondering, too, if you guys, like, in, how long have you been doing the book club with your – since the book club actually was a club that started since because of COVID. So we had asked folks that we were serving, what more do you need right now? What more do you, and the 
key, huge response was people said book club because they wanted something in their time to do that they could educate and empower and the connection in a safe space to talk about it. So the book club has been almost a year now and has been one of the most, I think, transformational groups just because it gave people the space to read, to discuss, to talk with one another in a safe space about different different things that came up for them, right? And the book club takes a long time because it takes a long time to read books and to process them and to talk about them. But And the first book we read actually was Untamed by Glennon Doyle, and which is um, not necessarily, right, like we wouldn't categorize it as like an eating disorder anti-diet culture book, but she talks about her struggles with eating, her own eating disorder um, in that book, but really more focuses on kind of, you know, right, untaming ourselves from everything society tries to, to make us be. So um, that book club is really interesting because the books are all kind of different on the different gamut of how they kind of fit into anti-diet culture and eating disorders and recovering kind of how it fits in our life. Actually, right now, and the way we choose the books is we have just the folks vote on what they want. And the book we're reading now is Daring Greatly by Brene Brown, which some people are like, what? Eating disorder recovery? Like, mm-hmm. Major, right? Like, learning to be vulnerable and teaching us how to have these hard conversations. It's all kind of, I mean, for me, it's so interrelated because I'm doing it every day with, you know, but yeah, so the book club is phenomenal and it's on Zoom and I want to say I like that we take our time reading the chapters, having the space to discuss them um, and it's really kind of freeing because every book club, you don't really know where it's going to go and it's just, I think so much of that has just been learning from each other more than just learning from the books. Do you, um, have you just done nonfiction or have you read fiction as well? Not yet. So it's just because it only started like beginning of pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, it took a while, but there's, I mean, you have a whole list <laughs> of different books that once one book ends, I would, okay, guys, what, what do we want this next book to be and, and what does that look like? And, you know, it's always hard to different, different opinions. That's what we do is kind of like a survey of like, hey, this is what we pick. So we have, you have big plans for book club and hoping to expand into that. Is, is that open? So if someone's listening and is interested in joining, is that available? Would they just contact you? I mean, so we're in the middle of daring, daring greatly, um, and so I would, you know, just if it's something that they want to, like, read and catch up with us, or you know what I mean, I would just have them reach out to me. I, we try to um, have new folks come in with this kind of the start of something, and then so for safety of the group. Mm-hmm. Um, but absolutely. All our groups are always open, so if someone's interested, reach out to me, um, and we can find a good fit on how to kind of incorporate um, and make that happen. So you meet multiple times to talk about the same book. Yeah, and so really book club, yourself the space to talk about it. Yeah, so right now the way book club designed is we meet every other week on Zoom, and that was designed because at the beginning we were meeting every week, and we were like, oh my gosh, we couldn't get the reading done. And people were rushing through the reading; it was more of a stress. And so when we moved to every other week, people really said, oh, I have the time to read, I have the time to take notes, I have the time to process. And so that's why we do it that way. Yeah. And then we meet for about an hour and really have time to just pour over our thoughts and our notes. And um, you know, for most of our books, it kind of comes with like a reading guide, group guide. And we use the group guide, but we also don't if you know if, if it just takes on a life of its yeah, own. Yeah. But yeah, so that way it gives people the time to read and to process their own feelings and thoughts by the time they come to the book club they're ready to share so that's why it's kind of designed that way yeah that sounds like a really cool group yeah it is so fun i love i mean i'm biased so don't ask my opinion but i would think the women in the group and right now it just happens to be women would say that it's a really great group do you find that that most of the people that come to hello life are women most of the, yeah, about 92% of the people that reached, reached out to us last year um, identified 
uh, as female. That being said, though, I know, just I'm doing this work, that there's a huge, huge need to support men and folks in our LGBTQ community who don't identify as, you know, a straight gender. So much work that needs to be done to support those folks. Um, and, and we've had, actually, lots of conversations and how we can extend our services to reach more populations of people. And, and men are, is a huge part of that, right? Because I think just because they're not reaching out doesn't mean they're not here and that they're not suffering the same way women do. I think they are. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of stigma. Lots of stigma. Yeah, lots of stigma, lots of stigma to reach out. And so one of our biggest needs, actually, in our mentor program is having a male mentor to work with. If it was someone who wanted to reach out and work with a mentor, um, that's a huge need for us. So if you're someone who's listening (laughs) um, and you're interested, let us know. It's a huge need that we have. I, I know that there's so many more, honestly, on all genders, folks that are struggling than those who are reaching out just because of the stigma, right, and because of what comes along with that and knowing just how hard it is to reach out for help. And because we are kind of new, right, we're still kind of the new kids on the block, like people are still getting our information and we've had folks like, oh, my gosh, like I didn't know you were here, right? And so a lot of that is our our work and getting the word out in the community and, you know, grassroots started our profits. We don't really have, like, we don't, we have, it's a non-existent marketing budget, right? Like, so everything we do is, like, word of mouth, social media, share our posts, right? So, again, also, if anyone knows anyone who would be interested in our services, like, please, please, please let them know about us, because that really is the way we get our word out in the community. It's just by kind of doing the work that we do and stuff like this. Yeah, I feel like I had heard of your organization, but the thing that really, like, caught my eye was last year so at the beginning of 2020 you guys event like a scale smashing yes, and that was a really eye-catching like oh this sounds like a cool organization yes oh and we so we um did southern southern smash and we did that in honor of eating disorder awareness week which was just actually last week and um had high 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 hopes to do it again this year and clearly for safety reasons that just wasn't going to happen with covid but we hope to do it next year um, again in honor of being disorder awareness week and that event was such a phenomenal event and it really was i mean like and if you and if anyone read about it and you're thinking about it come next year but also just let people know that's even an activity that we've done with our youth we do with a lot of our teens we've even done with some adults where and we have had folks say like oh, like i don't know what to do with my scale it's not serving me anymore so again if it's safe but we do all different things or we write a goodbye letter we've even had them decorate the scale and then of course if they want to safely smash it safety goggles and like waivers and all that stuff in place, <laughs> providing them the safe space to do that. And um, we even at the Southern Smash had like little tombstones that we had people make for each of their skills. Is it was such a great, great event and a great time. It took lots of planning and amazing partners who made it happen. And I hope, hope, hope we can do it again next year. And it was um, a lot of people said like, oh, I didn't know about you guys, so I read about it after or you know anything like that. So yeah, another great way that for people to know about the the work that we do. That's great. So did you have any other books to share? I mean, I do, but I feel like there's so many, you know what I mean? I feel like the majority yeah. of the ones I was going to share are honestly on that list that you're going to share in the in the podcast notes, and that way, too, people can kind of get a feel of what, you know, feels good to them and um, kind of what kind of identifies with what they're looking for. So, yes, but... Yeah, it's nice <laughs> that there's so many that, like, they almost cover the same ground, but with just all these different approaches yeah. uh, so they can reach people wherever they are. Yeah, exactly. That's why I say for each person, I think there's there is something for everybody, right? Anything that I think 
kind of will some I would hope that someone would look and identify with one of those books and say, okay, this sounds like something that I'm looking for if I'm interested in in learning more. And if um, someone isn't even like a book reader and they're listening, which I mean, I'm assuming they would if listening to this podcast, but that documentary that I told you about, which is on YouTube, 30 minutes long called um, Behind the Before and After, also a wonderful, wonderful introductory, even just a 30-minute piece to watch to just educate. It's really about educating, about intuitive eating, about body liberation. I mean, it's such a phenomenal job of doing that. So just kind of another option if someone was interested in that. And um, at the library, we are making an effort to kind of expand our offerings of these different books on this topic. So if you have any more recommendations for stuff that you think that we should have, please let me know. Um, I will. I think I'll definitely so... look at this list and, and make sure that we're getting all of these titles. Yes. Well, and I think that's so great that you guys are doing that. Like how um, phenomenal for our community that you guys are saying, look, like we're doing this work too. We're getting these books in here so the community can have access to them for free. I just think that that's so important and phenomenal and how special that we get to have you guys doing that and like serving us in that special way. Yeah, it's always important just for a library or any community organization to always be like looking at the gaps that exist like in our collection and the ways that we can fill them and, and make sure that you think like when somebody's ready that we have the resources like on time for them. Yes, absolutely. Because so many folks will start with you guys mm-hmm. and look to see what 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 is at the library and what's available and accessible to them. So how um, amazing that the people will have that access now, right? right? I just think it's amazing. Or maybe at one time they couldn't. So amazing. Yes, you guys are amazing. I you got, you know that I think that. But thank you. So is there anything else you you'd like to say or? Um. Not really. I guess only thing I think now that you say that is we have talking about body positivity. Um, we have our first youth body positive group that's from the body positive um, is closing. So it's a 15 week and we have our new one starting April 1st. Um, so if anyone's listening, it's geared. This new one will be geared specifically for middle schoolers. So if you know, I have a middle schooler interested, please, please, please let me know. We only have six spots to keep the group safe and we have three already taken. So three more spots. And so just always want to get the word out to community that that's a 15 week group focus on those five core competencies that we talked about earlier in the body positive and it's all on zoom because covid of course keeping everyone safe and we will provide by contact free drop off everything that your kiddo needs to do the group so we provide journals art supplies snacks for intuitive eating practice really fun stuff and so we're gonna we will provide all of that of course it's free um really all people need to do is reach out to me to sign up. And, okay. and if anyone's interested in any of our peer support groups, those are always open. So we have different groups for all different things. Um, I mean, really, any form of disordered eating, eating disorder, body image, like reach out to me. We have five groups a week right now on Zoom. And so those are always open to anyone in the community who is in need. So again, just reach out on the ways we talked about before if you're interested in that. Okay. And you cover all of Cal County? Yeah, all of Cal's County, yeah. All of Cal's County, you know, you know, and I say that saying we've had folks reach out to us from different counties. You know, mm-hmm. There's just not a lot of resources. Like, even if you're listening and for some reason, like, you're not in Cal's County, but you need kind of direction or where to go or, like, please reach out to me. Like, I will always, always, always find a way to either if we can't serve you, find someone who can, or if we can, we will. Right. If we have the capacity, we will make it happen. If we don't, then we will find someone who can. So please, 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 please reach out to us. Wonderful. Well, thank you. And thank you for being such a great resource for our community. Um, this is such an important, it's such important work. 
and I guess like a lot of things now more than ever, right? Now. Yes, more than ever. So yeah, more like it's right. So many needs right now more than ever, and I honestly think the need is going to continue to grow. I think the need has been here for a really mm-hmm. long time, but I think like you said, the more aware we are, and even aware of diet culture and the and kind of what we're surrounded by, the niche is going to continue to grow. And I hope as the need continues to grow, I hope we will continue to grow to continue to serve the need. That is the hope. Mm-hmm. And like I said, if there's anything that we can do, we, we will help someone in any way, even if there's something that, that if you have a question or you don't quite know where to start, just reach out to us. Like, it's good. You, I promise if anything, you will have a safe, friendly, welcoming voice on the other end of the phone to guide you in the right direction. So. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank um, you, Becky. Uh, thanks everybody uh, for listening to your shelf or mine. Hi, I'm Becky. Hi, I'm Shira. Bye. Bye. Studio time for your shelf or mine is donated by KLOG Cooking Country and 1015 The Wave. We at the Longview Public Library thank our local stations for their ongoing support. Your Shelf or Mine jingle is written and performed by Megan McEldry from A Song for You. Find Megan on Facebook or Twitter at Meg McEldry or online at ReverbNation.com slash Megan McEldry. That's M-E-A-G-H-A-N-M-C-E-L-D-E-R-R-Y. ReverbNation.com slash Megan McEldry.